Talk Show. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 434. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my co-host, John White. It is Wednesday, May 24th, 2018. John, how are you doing? Doing really well, doing well. Uh, color of the Bay Report, it was a, a murky gray this morning as I crossed a the uh, bridge. Winter has arrived again. It's just not never going to be summer, right? No, it never will be. Constant winter here going on. On the show today, we have a, a nice show lined up today. Today we have Christopher Campbell. He's in the studio, um, Director of Solutions Product Marketing for VMware Networking and Security. So, uh, Christopher, since you're here, hi, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys doing uh, today? Uh, pretty good, pretty Thank good. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for being patient on our late start. Uh, we got a little bit of camera problems going on, but we got that fixed. So hi to everyone out there in the live stream land. Always good to see everyone uh, join there. We get a couple thousand views on the on the live stream, so we appreciate that. Uh, so today on the on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, security and uh, with Christopher. So we're excited about that. Before we do that, we'll just do a brief bit of news. So let's see what we have. Now, VMworld's coming up shortly. So as always, Reg is open. Go get your early bird before it's too late. V Brown Bag is doing the uh, call for papers for community papers. So make sure you get your papers in there. We are going to have some dollars allocated to get your passes and uh now, uh, Alistair Cook is going to be managing that. We are going to do for call for VMware code papers as well and do some live streaming on the code uh, power sessions. So we're going to be doing a call for that. The hackathon is getting organized, so stay tuned for that. Um, vSphere 5.5 EOL in September. vSphere 6.7a is released. Oh, there were a bunch of things. OpenStack 5.0 was uh, announced and released, so you can go Google that and see what's new there. Wavefront is doing a $500 cash giveaway. So if you want to try for $500, just sign up, I think, for a free trial. Uh, Self-service trial, yep. Yep, perfect. So we got that. Uh, that's going on. Uh, we are doing the Horizon Cloud on Microsoft Azure push. Uh, that was announced, and uh, we're doing some marketing events on that. There's a, there's a, uh, a live stream podcast going on, I think, uh, around that, look for that. Um, uh, IoT announced AWS Greengrass w- in conjunction with Ansible. So if you want to oh, learn a little cool. bit about that, VMware's uh, and done, I think, a plug-in for Ansible with AWS Greengrass. Uh, you can go Google that. Those are kind of the short news cycle of things that have been happening uh, out and around the, the the social world this week. So a lot of activity starting to ramp up. So that's good. Uh, so to catch back up, that was the abbreviated news. Uh, anybody else got any kind of news before we move on to our guest? That's, I'm just kind of amazed that we could actually do the news that quickly if we were so inclined. So inclined, <laughs> yeah. That just means we talk way too much in the regular <laughs> news cycle. True. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So good there. So we have on the show today Christopher. So Christopher, welcome to the show. Um, it is it's always good to have uh, people come on and be part and in the studio. So we appreciate that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how long you've worked at VMware? What do you do at VMware? What do you do in the IT ecosystem as a whole? Just give us the two mil, two to three millimeter minute elevator pitch on what you do. And I'll slow down now because now we're back on track. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, again, my name is Christopher Campbell. I'm part of the solutions product marketing team. I know that's a mouthful, uh, and uh, it's part of uh, corporate marketing, but don't let the marketing um, in that title fool you. We're a very technical group. Uh, Recently last year, actually early last year, 
um, VMware made a push to be solutions. more solutions yeah. focused. Yeah. And um, even though we have, you know, very specific, you know, EUC product teams, NSBU, the networking and security business unit, um, cloud product teams, we have four solution product marketing teams that really focus on solutions um, for our customers around data center, around cloud, around end user computing, and of course, or should I say digital workspace, and of course, the team that I'm on was previously security, but we have now assumed the responsibilities of also networking solutions, uh, especially with our acquisition of VeloCloud, um, and of course, also security. So been with the company three years, you know, started off um, in EUC around, uh, you know, AirWatch security, you know, helped launch the Mobile Security Alliance and uh, the AirWatch uh, NSX integrated marketing story, uh, then moved on to, uh, you know, talking about the EUC security, the whole EUC portfolio, um, then moved on to talking about the whole VMware um, security portfolio when we launched this last year, and now uh, networking uh, and security. So, yeah, the team has been growing fast, and um, it's been a wild, crazy ride in my three years here. In fact, I don't think I've been in a job for at least one full year since I've been here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I got to say that, you know, your your industry or the space you're in, right, is kind of like the social space where we started out. It wasn't very popular. And there was a bunch of guys who were just hacking around, you know, trying to uh, investigate a problem and, and use technology to do something. And social, you know, it was about pirate share, shareware, software boards, that kind of stuff. Then it turned into like real community platforms. Then it turned into like social media. Then it's a marketing platform. And I feel like I'm watching that transition from networking and security where security used to be a bunch of guys that were hacking around trying to figure out how to break things and then mm-hmm. how to secure things. And, you know, it wasn't uh, industry standard. And then as we've seen this just mature in the last few years, it, it becomes uh, real things that IT has to deal with, right? It's real threats. It's, it's, it's become an industry and it's become really critical to uh, the way you deploy IT infrastructure. Right? It's, it's more than critical. Uh, right. Every CIO I talk to, you know, within the last year and a half, uh, they tell me this story. They say, uh, when it comes to infrastructure, we have a budget. When it comes to uh, cloud, we have a budget. When it comes to enterprise mobility, we have a budget. But when it comes to security, there's no budget. And I'm like, really? They're like, not only there is no budget, some of these decisions are being made at the board level, at, uh, at the C level. Uh, where typically would have been done by just some IT director. But that's how serious security is now. I mean, no one wants to end up on uh, the 8 o'clock news that, you know, uh, another Equifax, we've been hacked, you know, uh, serious business. So now you have a real career, right? You're not just on the the fringes of things. You're like, it's legitimate and that's been good for you in the the ecosystem. Yes, and fortunately enough for me, uh, you know, before my marketing career, I – you know, I was quite a tech head, still am. I, you know, I started off my career in, um, you know, tech support, then I was an account manager, then I was an engineer, then I was a product manager. And the reason why I mentioned that is because I look back and I remember, uh, uh, just as he said, you know, security and networking were, you know, fringe pieces of, uh, of the product. Uh, in some cases, it was an afterthought. Now it has to be baked in. It has to be intrinsic. It has to be automatic. Integrated. 
So you were part of the big wave where we shifted to solutions, right? I mean, I remember Carl or some of the people talking about it. And now we've, we've come to that and we've actually built practices around solutions. So talk a little bit about what is the, what is the solution? Uh, how many products are you engaged with? And then how do you uh, engage with customers in that dialogue around solutions? How has that changed? Okay, so I'll break it down in two ways. Uh, first, uh, you know, when it's, we talk about networking, um, we're talking about our networking uh, portfolio which includes, of course, um, NSX, NSX SD-WAN, Be Realized Networks Insight. Um, and uh, I mentioned that is because that is a key part of our security strategy. In fact, um, if you've seen some of uh, the new um, you know, marketing materials and discussions we've had and the launch of the virtual cloud network, um, you'll realize that uh, networking is a key part of security. And the reason being is because networking is the only part of your infrastructure that touches every part of your infrastructure. <laughs> you know, if you think about whether it's, um, you know, endpoint management, whether it's uh, uh, cloud, whether it's uh, hyper-converged infrastructure, uh, networking is a, the key component, one of the integral components uh, to stitching all those solutions together. Now, when it comes to security, it's literally every product in the portfolio. I'm talking from Workspace ONE to vSphere to vSAN to uh, vRealized networking site, login sites. Um, and the reason is because um, we've always, we've actually been a key part of the security story in industry. We just haven't been talking about it. And the reason being is you can't make infrastructure products and don't bake security into it, not uh, in this day and age. So uh, it's literally every product that spans our portfolio. Yeah, I remember in the early days of VI3 and, you know, for, you know, vSphere, when we announced that, it, security was, hey, look, you can redeploy deploy a corrupted VM, and now you're secure again, right? So we've gone from the fringes of security offering you solutions to kind of post-attack fix things to now actually locking down what, what VMs can actually do and that, that whole storyline. So that storyline certainly has matured. Um, What's the customer appetite for having these conversations? You talked about no budget, right? I assume we're, we're starting to make inroads in, in the sense of you have to build a network. Now you can worry about security at the same time. Yeah, well, when I said, did I say no budget or unlimited budget? Um, <laughs> un, un, unlimited budget. Uh, maybe I missed that one. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah, right. Unlimited budget. Uh, uh, this, uh, it's, um, it's interesting. So the things that our customers are trying to solve with regards to security is, uh, is pretty simple. Um, I'm going to break it down into like three simple things that our customers are looking for. One, they're looking to scale security. And what I mean by that is whether you're a mom and pop shop, whether you're a mid-sized organization, enterprise or healthcare, uh, you need to scale security for this new digital transformational era that we're in. Now, when we talk about digital transformation, you know, everybody realizes now uh, your data center is no longer inside four walls. You know, someone is not on a PC inside a building connected to an Ethernet cable that is speaking to that application server that's in the basement. Um, if you look at this new ubiquitous IT infrastructure that we have, it's everywhere. Endpoints are everywhere. IoT is everywhere. Uh, People um, are everywhere. In fact, applications are no longer monolithic. Uh, you know, an application on your phone, you know, you could launch it, but it could be speaking to some resources in a cloud. It's definitely doing some computing locally. It could be speaking to a database that's on-premise someplace. So, uh, you know, our customers are looking to how can I scale security and insert it everywhere where my users are being productive. 
The next thing is that um, they need to modernize it. Uh, so when you look at how you have to modernize security, you know, I always uh, think, and you know, there's always some dispute in the industry around that, but I think there's probably around five, six, seven key elements that you have to take into consideration. That's um, identity. You know, who the user is, can I validate that they're the right user that is accessing the resource? Uh, endpoint security. How healthy is this endpoint? Can I ensure that it has not been jailbroken, it's not been compromised? And when I say endpoint, I don't mean only mobile devices. I mean laptop, PCs, virtualized workloads, anything that an end user is going to use that's going to speak to some data center or cloud resource. Then there's the network. And this is the key piece because the network is the one thing that stitches everything together. How can you always validate and make sure that the traffic over the network is in compliance um, and that you can use it to bridge endpoint user identity policies with now infrastructure and cloud security policies? Um, and then, of course, you have uh, uh, you know virtualization um, in the cloud. And the reason why I call out virtualization specifically is because if you look at how applications are delivered now, pretty much all of them are on some virtualized platform. Right. So if you could bake security into the infrastructure at that level, you can ensure that you know security follows that application workload wherever it goes. And then with the cloud now, you know as customers are moving you know um, resources from on premise into the cloud. How do you make sure that those security policies, that infrastructure is still the same? And that's what we've been doing as a company for VMware. We have a common architecture built around, you know, hyperconverged infrastructure, the key elements being, you know, vSphere, vSAT, NSX. And now you see we're, we're putting that in, you know, Amazon clouds. You know, we're integrating with Azure. So, you know, these are the things that our customers are looking for. How could they have that? Uh, how could they scale security? How could they have this modernized architecture? And then the last piece about security, which is absolutely key, automation. Mm -hmm. And uh, an example that a colleague of mine, I remember when I started at VMware, a very good colleague uh, of mine, we were working on the Mobile Security Alliance, um, and he indicated to me, what good is an error message in a log file if you can't act on it? And, True. and, yeah. and that's the key yeah. thing about security. How can you take that threat intelligence, those alerts, and how could you integrate them with action, whether it's from the endpoint, over the network, in the infrastructure, to remediate something, to shut down a virtual machine? And that's what we've been doing with products such as you know, Workspace ONE, NSX, App Defense. I guess there's also a transition that's happening in my mind around security, where security used to be like we want to keep viral, viruses to come in to keep systems up and running, right? Because it, really the attacks of the 2005 to 2011 or 12 era was really about just creating havoc, right? Bringing systems down for just the mere fact of viruses that, you know, do things. But now security has kind of transitioned to the data compliance, right? Uh, where you're really protecting data and, and it's it's a data compliance, uh, uh, data security, you know, because people are trying to get in and get at your data versus get at your systems and create havoc, right? So can we talk a little bit about the compliance space and what's happening around security and compliance, right? And the big dates that are happening around the Europe stuff, too. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yes, uh, yes, I can. In fact, uh, you make a very good point. One of the key points that get lost with regards to security is it's really all about the data. And it's about securing the, act, uh, the interaction 
from the user with data from the moment they authenticate from the endpoint all the way inside that data uh, center repository that they're using. And if you think about it, that's what security is actually about. All these different interactions from authentication to endpoint to over the network to uh, inside a virtualized workload to the database that they're using. It's about securing that communication. Yeah, it's layer. almost like protection. That's, I always think security is like trying to keep the viral hackers out from just destroying things. But this is really about, yeah, that, that data protection and, and guarantee that that data is, is secure. And in right. layers too, right? right. Yeah. And, the castle wall model. Yeah. In fact, one of the things that's actually driving a lot of uh, the security conversations and what's happening in the industry uh, around security is some of these regulations. Um, right. You see it everywhere. Um, we've been doing it for a long time in the U.S. I mean, think HIPAA, think PCI compliance, so forth. But if you look at other countries, whether it's Australia, whether it's New Zealand, whether it's Canada, now Europe, uh, this has become a major concern. And hence why you see coming May 25th, uh, there's this new uh, GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, that's going to be enacted over there. And uh, one of the things to understand about that is that it's not only about IT security. Uh, you know, data protection um, is, uh, it has to be a complete strategy. And some of it is about, you know, being uh, legal, compliance, uh, you know, so forth. So uh, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, I would say IT in some cases is probably 20% of the work that's, uh, that has to be done with regards to compliance. Well, IT is completely woven within all of these systems, right? And yes. Especially with personal data. You know, that's a big problem. You, there's an audit path and, you know, where this data lives. And, I mean, it can reach down into to backup and disaster recovery, right? If that data is woven into that backup and disaster recovery. I, I think I saw a chain on Twitter where someone was saying, ooh, we just got a request to destroy all the complete backup chains of this virtual machine because it contains, uh, you know, data that would put us at GDPR risk. So we need to completely nuke the, not just the, the virtual machine, but the entire data chain and backup chain. As well. No, very good point. In fact, if you actually look at the articles of um, the GDPR, um, there's some key elements that they talk about with regards to the data lifecycle. Um, it's about collection, access, usage, storage, transfer, and deletion and destruction. And this is why when you look at security, it can't be a, 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 a one product, a one company solution. In fact, one of the things I said VMware are quick to point out is that, you know, VMware is not saying that we're the end all be all for security. But what we're saying that we can do for our customers is help them simplify the way they do security because we have a footprint inside the, this new ubiquitous digital landscape that they have that they need to protect. And when you look at that data lifecycle, there's a few things that you will need to do, whether it's identity management, whether it's application access, policy enforcement, uh, data sovereignty, mobile security, network micro segmentation. And the thing is, when you look at the IT challenges that are presented with regards to data security or even GDPR that our customers are trying to address, you can literally map those to different products within our portfolio that address those challenges. And where VMware, in a lot of cases, differentiates itself is the fact that uh, not only do we have these products, we have integrated them. Uh, for example, I'll give you a great point. 
you can use Workspace ONE on an AirWatch managed device. And if that device is compromised, you could say, you know what, um, I'm not going to give you access to that application. That application could be Horizon um, running on vSphere inside a data center integrated with anything. And it could be integrated with a third-party provider like Trend Micro. And if Trend Micro determines that uh, via their antivirus scan that that virtual machine is compromised, it could tell NSX and vSphere, you know what, let's shut off that virtual machine, let's deprovision it. And because we have the vRealize suite of products, we could orchestrate creating a new VM and putting it in its place. You see, that's what security should actually look like. It should be automatic and it should be integrated. But I think, uh, or one of our COOs says this, but Sanjay Poonin, we're kind of like the Switzerland. Um, it's not only about VMware. You know, we integrate with, you know, some of the top security partners like Trend Micro, like Palo Alto Networks. Uh, that's what security should look like. All these different components working in conjunction with each other to secure that data lifecycle, whether it's from the user access all the way down inside the data center. It, it, it sounds complicated. I mean, I know that it is complicated, but I remember that, you know, back in the day, we, we would always say, well, there's no product that, you know, gives you a PCI checkbox or a HIPAA checkbox. There's no product that gives you GDPR checkbox. It's a, I mean, it's, it's a process. That, yeah, it's a process. That That is correct. In fact, uh, you know, when a lot of customers do their security assessments, what they find out is, um, you know, you may be bombarded with, hey, here are 500 products that you can use to solve this problem. But, hey, these are the challenges you need to solve if you uh, use um, some of the key foundational elements that, you know, uh, can be delivered by, say, VMware and then some from other companies. You can create a, a more simplified way, a consolidated way of um, handling security and one of the challenges is that IT is fragmented. You know, you go out there and you speak to these IT departments and, you know, you have uh, the application guy and the infrastructure guy and the networking guy. They're not on the same page when it comes to security. And that's why the security conversation now is happening at a much higher level because organizations realize um, we can't have different parts of IT buying different products and solutions that don't work together. Um, it has to be integrative and a cohesive solution. There's a danger there too, right? We can say today, hey, there's these three silos that aren't talking to each other. We're going to create an overlay organization. And then what you actually create is a fourth silo. Right? <laughs> true, true indeed. True so indeed. Um, it requires organizational, organizational change too, not just um, like a product fit or like a kind of low-level coordination between three disparate groups that aren't talking to each other really oh. at the very end. So I have, a, I have a question. Um, in my mind, virtualization, when we, when we virtualized things back in 2008 or whatever, when it went through the industry, we actually saw kind of like a 20x speed improvement. We also saw a time-to-market improvement. And that was an industry trend that happened because virtualization basically enabled that bump because you took CPUs that were only 5% utilized and you 100% utilized them, which gave us you the Moore's Law curve of a jump up, right? And it also helped in speed of deployment of applications and solutions and that kind of stuff. I see the data compliance and security trends, right, almost taking a step backwards where we, we have to actually, you know, work at building a secure, safe infrastructure for data now where we kind of went through the heyday of, of it all virtualized and all, all this data came online and we saw the explosion of what you could accomplish 
do you see a trend here where you know IT professionals are going to have to step back now and actually it, it's almost like a slowdown, right? Where a speed bump, where you actually have to worry about you know data compliance and security, and there's extra work involved in doing that. But then, much like virtualization, where we absorbed that 20x, and then we kind of went on business as usual, do you see kind of like the industry absorb this, figure out how to do this, get the software in place, and then it just becomes standard, and we can get back to the innovation and speed of which we've always done things? So I, I see this as like a, maybe a couple-year trend where everybody gets solutions in place, but then once you have it, it's there, and you know it, it just becomes standard routine operational practice. No, yes, in fact, uh, you make a very good point. Uh, the balance between security and productivity is very tough. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll pose a question to you guys. Uh, what's the most secure phone ever built on the face of this planet? Probably like those dumb flip phones, right? The, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a BlackBerry. Okay. But guess what? If you look at what happened to it when Apple came out with an iPhone, right. uh, Apple decimated it. And the reason being is Apple figured out a way, how do we balance uh, the user experience with security? And it's the same thing for every security solution. Uh, there's a, a, a story, an analogy I normally give when I you know, talk to customers. In fact, I actually did this at the last VMworld. Uh, security is kind of like uh, the movie Minority Report. And if you've ever seen the movie Minority Report, sure. if you remember Tom Cruise, who, uh, he had access to um, data when he was at work, mm -hmm. his fingertips. When he was mobile, uh, in his car, same level of access. He was using biometric, uh, you know, federated identity, give him access to stuff. Same thing when he was home. Mm -hmm. But when he became out of compliance, he literally had to jump out of moving cars. He had to go change his eyes. And that's how security has to be. It has to be everywhere. In fact, what every organization is looking for is uh, that quick time to value. You know, um, it can't be a cumbersome process. So right. how do you uh, make security inserted everywhere but make it automatic? And, you know, one of the things I tell my friends is, you know, if you look at products such as uh, Workspace ONE and See how it works on a you know Windows 10 device where Workspace One is actually using facial recognition to actually give me access to you know my applications. That's the future of security. To me, I think going you know 10, 20 years from now, we probably won't have passwords. It will be all biometric, facial identity, fingerprint. That's how easy security has to be, and that security then of course has to be at, you know, every different layer of your IT infrastructure so that if you're out of compliance, you know, it can revoke and uh, you can automatically recover for it. And that's why uh, how fragmented the industry is now or uh, solutions that customers have, have implemented. Yeah, it's, it's a turning point now. It's a large uh, learning curve. But I think everyone realizes that um, for security and productivity and, you know, business agility to work together, uh, you will have to consolidate security and you will have to have solutions that actually work together, uh, have contextual information of what the end user is doing and how that maps to the infrastructure itself. All right. So we're a community podcast. So you you, you want to add something to no, it? No, uh, all right. So we're a community podcast. How would you assess us in real terms, like in, in honest terms? Uh -huh. How are we doing on integration across all of our products from a solutions, uh, you know, heterogeneous integrated solution that actually I don't have to spend a lot of time figuring out how to make work? 
No, well, there's always work to do. There's always room for improvement. But one of the things that differentiates VMware from almost every uh, other company in the industry is the breadth of our portfolio when it comes to software. Um, if you remember earlier, I mentioned that if you look at security, there is some key elements to it. There is identity, there's endpoint, there's IoT, there's networking, there's infrastructure, there's cloud. And if you think about it, you have to own some of that space. You have to have a footprint into some of that space to make security effective. Say, for example, let's say you're a company that only does uh, networking security. Right. Um, how can you shut off an endpoint uh, from behaving uh, you know, improperly or, or that's been compromised? You're just networking. You can just shut off communication. That's what we've done very differently. If you look at some of the analyst reports, one of the biggest things that the industry is trying to do now is how do they integrate endpoint analytics with networking um, analytics and security? And that's what we've done with products such as uh, you know, Workspace ONE and the integration with NSX. What we've literally done is we've give you the ability to sync an endpoint policy with a networking policy. And if that becomes out of compliance, perform an automated action. And uh, trust me, we, uh, as with it, you know, most companies uh, in the industry, um, we, we have ways to go, but we're, we're ahead of the curve. Uh, right. You know, as I gave you that example with, uh, you, know, you know, Workspace ONE on an AirWatch device, uh, connecting to a Horizon VDI, running on vSphere, that works right now. You know, uh, that is actually technology that our customers can implement today. Right. We also, we also have like an entire business unit, integrated systems, that's working to basically coordinate uh, with all the, the other product business units to automate the complexity of those things, right? The full life cycle complexity of standing up, uh, maintaining, and shutting down a full software-defined data center. Right. And right now it might be, you know, vSphere, vSAN, and NSX, you know, compute storage and networking, but we want to include the management, include the audit logs, include the security, you know, for the full breadth and for the full life cycle of, of the entire software-defined data center. So unless, I think, to your point, you own that end-to-end, -end, right, and you can stand up and control everything end-to-end, you know, how, how you have to work with other partners. And we have to work with other partners, mm -hmm. you know, even owning all that stuff end to end, right? There's just people incumbents that are, are lifetimes ahead of us, right? Just that is true. So, so here's what we have. We have the infrastructure, the software-defined infrastructure. And what we do with uh, partners like Palo Alto Networks is we take all that threat intelligence that they've been experts at, and we unify that with the infrastructure and those are some of the things that uh, has to be done with regards to, you know, uh, efficient IT security and, and, and cybersecurity. So, and, and that's why I continue to say this. The one thing VMware is always uh, clear to state is, look, we don't think we're the end-all, be-all for security, but we can help our customers simplify uh, the way they execute that security strategy because we have some of the key components that anyone is going to deploy uh, in their, you know, digital enterprise. I mean, that's true across our entire product portfolio, right? We don't say we have the be-all, end-all of all storage, right? There's room for storage partners and storage vendors. We don't say that we have the be-all, end-all for compute. 
You know, we, we do a really good job with x86, but there's, you know, stuff that you need PowerPC for. There's stuff that you need mainframes for. And we're, we work with those partners to make those things, you know, integrated into our ecosystem, not, you know, take over everything. That's true. In fact, vSEN is a perfect example of that. Uh, one of the things that vSEN has really done is um, integrated with what we call key management um, providers. And what that means is that you can now uh, self-encrypt and encrypt a, a, a virtualized hard drive. Typically in the past before, you'd have to do that physically. Now keep in mind, uh, you know, hardware changes on a regular basis. So now you have to manage procurement of, you know, uh, a, a self-encrypting hard drive, uh, integrate that with some key management and so forth. When you're doing it in software, it's automatic. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you can do it uh, across, uh, you, you don't have to worry about what type of physical hard drive is because you're doing it at that at the virtualization level. So, um, and then you could pick any key management uh, uh, integrated partner you want to, to utilize. You know, you don't have to be stuck with using it for a specific hard drive. And those are the things we're doing. And because we're doing it in this software defined world, um, it gives us a lot more agility uh, uh, than is typically out there that can be done on just hardware. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll switch gears and say, any spectacular fails do you want to tell us about? Like, or any got a good, good anecdotal stories of people that did it wrong out in the out in the world? Uh, and if if not, then I'll put, I'll jump to my next question. But I thought I would throw that out there. And 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 uh, what what storytelling can you tell us from a standpoint of security? I always wonder that because I'm you know, nobody wants to talk about failures because it's security and data protection. So then we just, we don't hear. So then I wonder if there just aren't any failures, other than maybe once in a while, one a year goes on the news like something happened, they lost a bunch of data, credit cards, and so forth. But uh, any other things you've heard of? I mean. The stories are so numerous uh, that they're, you know... Uh, You're not allowed to talk about them, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you like, can't... Well, you know, let's talk about some of the public ones. Um, you know, Equifax is a big one. Um, what caused uh, the Equifax breach, believe it or not, is um, a patch. They weren't able to patch servers in a timely fashion. But guess what? As someone who started off my career in the IT industry, you can't just patch servers. Anyone who works in IT, whether it's tech support, will tell you that you could patch something and then your infrastructure could be down for weeks, months. You know, you have to test patches, see how they work. So this, is, this goes back to why our strategy is that security can't be focused in one area. Just an OS. You have to, it has yeah. to be in multiple places because, you know, an IT infrastructure is, uh, there's one size doesn't fit all. It's always growing. There's, uh, 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 there's always change. There, a lot of companies are using different types and different components. And that is why you have to focus on what we think are, you know, some of the key elements, uh, you know, which is, you know, whether it's identity, whether it's encryption, whether it's virtualization, whether it's automation, um, and, and, and create this cohesive strategy. Because if you're relying on the ability to patch servers, for example, uh, that's where you're open up yourself to uh, attacks. In fact, um, you know, there's one very public uh, uh, um, official uh, who no longer works for the U.S. government. He was actually uh, an FBI director. Uh, three or four years ago, um, he indicated that uh, this is how serious it is. He says that every Fortune 500 company um, is probably 
face uh, is under cyber attack every day. There's someone right. trying to infiltrate them, and they either fall into two categories. Either they've been hacked and they don't know it, or they've been hacked and they know and, it and they and know it and, gonna, they, and, and they've solved the it. problem. Right. Um, and I've added one thing to that statement to say that if you're a company and you're not the target of a cyber attack, the serious problem is that you're probably not relevant enough to be the target of a cyber attack. Oh, that's really interesting. Right. right. Because uh, it used to be, you know, to Eric's point, it used to be about mayhem and havoc, right? But now there's like legitimate, expensive intellectual property that's valuable out in the open marketplace that can, you know, people will target and, and steal. So if nobody's trying to that. steal your intellectual yeah. property, then it might not be worth it. And it's not only that. Um, there are hackers now that are doing it for what they call civic reasons. You know, they want to expose data because they feel that a company may be yeah, using someone's it, data yeah. incorrectly or that, you know. Or even the YouTube guys, right, who just yeah. don't like the policies of a company. They, yeah. They're angry that, that, that they've cut them out of some ad revenue. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now you have a computer, you can do some work. Right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Seek revenge. Hacktivism. Somebody in chat says, yes. uh, Graham says hacktivism. So that, that, makes that is sense. actually the exact yeah. terminology for it. All right. My next li- question, because we only have nine minutes left, so I'll hit you with that. AWS, right? We always talk about Amazon uh, Web Services and how we're integrating. And what does this mean from an AWS perspective? And are people that are running things out on AWS, are they vulnerable? I suppose they're as vulnerable as everybody that's running in a data center. Are there any unique hybrid kind of things to worry about when we're talking about security? Obviously, you can run NSX across and do the hybrid cloud from our perspective. Anything, any learnings that you've uh, been exposed to when you're, when you're considering moving workloads to AWS? Well, the, the good thing is um, those platforms, you know, whether it's AWS, Azure, so forth, they, those guys have a lot of built-in you know, infrastructure security. But um, what makes the work that we're doing very compelling with uh, companies like AWS is that in the past, if you were moving a workload to the cloud, and let's just say that workload was PCI compliant, and now you're going to move that you know, application to the cloud, you literally had to start from scratch again. You had to re-architect that security infrastructure because the components that you were going to have in the cloud were going to be different. Now, this is one of the things that we're fundamentally changing for our customers. You know, it's not only about you know, ease of moving that resource, automation, you know, hybrid cloud integration. Uh, security is a key component of that because now if you're an organization, you don't have to re-architect that workload. The key element of that infrastructure is what we call our hyper-converged infrastructure, and that's made up of you know, vSphere, NSX, and vSAN. And now that you can move that infrastructure and run it on top of AWS, it means that you don't have to have a PCI-compliant security policies for your on-premise infrastructure and yeah. then have a, you have to re-architect that same sort of uh, you know, policy and infrastructure for that resource that you have in the cloud. So, um, you know, one of the things that does is, um, you know, makes administration a lot easier, uh, makes um, security um, simpler, uh, you know, so forth. So those are some of the things, uh, the unintended benefits that we're seeing from, you know, uh, working with, you know, yeah. partners such as Amazon. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, 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 I do run some stuff on AWS native, right, where I'm not engaged with V, V, anything, vSphere, uh, not nothing, and I think that's going to come back to haunt me, right? In that, in that, as you start to really deal with security and encryption and that, if you have that platform that's already there, right? If you're on top of VMware, just makes it easier to to deal with both sides of the house. Yeah. You almost have to 
uh, get spun up on a whole new set of tools and policies. I know it seems to be a recurring theme that every month or so there's some uh, data breach and it's like, hey, you put a bunch of stuff on S3 storage and somebody fundamentally misunderstood what kind of uh, security policies they needed to wrap around their S3 storage and they just left it wide open for anybody to look at and read. I think I think my strategy is just not to be important. I think you hit on it. Just just don't be an important company anymore, right? Just just stay below the radar, and you don't have to you don't have to worry about it. That so could much. be one strategy. Sleep as well. Um, you've got uh, 2018 going on. We're at the end of Q1. You're we're going into Q2 now, or we're in Q2. Uh, what's what's your calendar look like? Uh, what what do you try to do? What's your objectives? Just get the word out. What's what are you doing, Christopher? You know when and how can the community help you be successful? Well, you know, one of the things that uh, we've recently launched is the virtual cloud network. And I know I keep going back to networking, but networking is really one of the key parts of our our security strategy. Um, You'll see some of the innovations that we've come up with, such as NSXT. What's key about that is that it's not NSX that only works on vSphere. It's NSX that works on different hypervisors. So as you can see, that strategy of, you know, being inclusive and being that Switzerland-like um, is really key, uh, not only for us, but for our customers to, you know, adopt the technology that we have. So we've launched a virtual cloud network. It's um, it's really going to be a key part of the way we talk about security. And, you know, as we, you know, progress and go into the end of the year, we're definitely going to be talking about app defense, uh, of course, a lot more. For those who are not familiar with app defense, it's our product that secure virtualized workloads. And it's, uh, we've literally turn security on its head there. In fact, if you look at the way how security is done for most products, is um, we have a whole bunch of history and data of bad signatures out there, and we compare them to uh, activity that's happening inside the infrastructure. What uh, App Defense is doing, it's, it's taking a look at your uh, how good behavior is supposed to look like, and if you deviate from that, then we realize that something is not performing uh, uh, correctly inside the environment. So, you know, we'll, you'll see us talking a lot about, um, you know, App Defense, NSX, NSXT, and then, of course, uh, that new acquisition, you know, VeloCloud, um, which we've rebranded NSX um, SD-WAN by VeloCloud, you know, and how we can bridge uh, that software-defined security not to the branch offices and out to the edge. Mm. IT secu- IoT security is big. Like, uh, if you check any newsrooms, any security, you know, conferences, articles, um, IT sec- IoT security is, is a big uh, issue. And the reason it is, um, in fact, uh, I had to explain it to my wife this, uh, this way. Um, you know, she was asking me, I don't understand this whole IoT security concept. So I told her, see that refrigerator we have? She's like, yeah, I'm like, um, it could compromise the security in our house. And she goes, how? So and I'm like, because we wanted to buy this refrigerator that has this nice little panel that could tell us what's going on on it. And, you know, we could pull it up on our phone and see what's going on inside the refrigerator. It's considered an IoT device. Now, it's speaking to some cloud resource over some network that we don't know um, how secure it is. Right. Um, and now, uh, if that gets compromised, every tablet that our kids have mm-hmm. or every PC that we have inside our house, um, that refrigerator can have access to it. And that's uh, one of the big things going on in IoT. If you listen to, um, you know, Ray O'Farrell, you know, uh, you know, talk about IoT, 
you know, one of the things, you know, I was even amazed to learn is that, you know, you have, we have sensors uh, that, you know, the government has buried in the ground uh, for 10 years ago that um, they don't have a lot of built-in security around. So, you know, how do you manage and secure that? And right. we're looking to help, you know, some of our customers and organizations do that. So uh, you'll see a lot of stuff uh, on IoT, IoT security also, especially around, you know, NSXSD-WAN. IoT inside the four walls of the house is a big scare factor. I, I'm a little bit more concerned about parking meters, personally. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, when I go, I want to be charged 75 cents, which is what I'm supposed to be charged. But if it charges me $75, then that's a big problem. If it charges me $7,500 for parking, then that's even worse, right? True. And uh, um, that can hit my pocketbook tomorrow. So um, I don't have an internet refrigerator. But maybe I need one. You tell me. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Campbell, uh, you got a Twitter handle? Um, yes, it's at Chris L. Campbell. At and, Chris uh, L. Campbell. Uh, and you'll see me ranting um, on there all the time about cybersecurity. <laughs> C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L? Yes, uh, so at Chris, C-H-R-I-S, uh, L. Campbell, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. All right, if you listen to this, you should go give him a follow, pick up your phone, you know, give him a follow, because fun guy to talk to. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, being here. Are you going to be at VMworld? Are you going to get a session this year? Uh, yes, I had a couple last year, um, um, probably, you know, one or two this year, too, and, of course, guess what it's going to be on? Uh, <laughs> Parking meters, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. So uh, if you want to meet him in person, tell him you, you listened to a, you heard him on the on the show. That's always good for us and good for him. Um, you'll be at VMworld. Content calendar is going to come out uh, sometime in early July, I think. And so you'll be there, so you can uh, go meet him in person, say hello to him. He's a cool guy. And uh, you know, yeah, thanks thanks for being on the show and doing the work. It's tedious work, so I appreciate the guys that are in security. I'm uh, kind of on the other side of the fence where I just want to go right hack something up and deploy it. And, <laughs> I, apparently, no one cares about me, so I don't get hacked that often. But for the guys that are running enterprises, you're absolutely critical to get that done and get the story out and uh, make people aware of it. So appreciate you doing that work. Oh, no problem at all. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. All right, we're at the top of the hour. We will be on again next week. I think we're booked up until uh, mid-July. So uh, thanks for everybody being on the chat. And we do have to do the end of show barbecue report. Um, let's see. Uh, week's barbecue. This week's barbecue from Virtual Security is from Mexico barbecued goat, a.k.a. Carburito. Ooh. So, I, I've never had it. I've never had it. I managed to make barbecue chicken this this, this weekend, so How it was pretty good. How quickly could I get barbecue goat from right now? That is right now. Interesting. I don't know. That, I've, 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 had, I've had curry goat. Yeah, we all have had curry goat. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just, you got to do that. <laughs> right, low and slow. Right? Yeah, yeah but, uh, but barbecue goat. Yeah, there you go. Probably dark meat, probably with lots of sugar. Some kind of uh, different types of barbecue, right? We got the, 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 the Texas barbecue, which uses a lot of sauce. Uh, the... Uh, Barbecue in down in Santa Maria, mid California, tends to not use any sauce, just rubs. So I wonder which that is. Who knows? Barbecue, anything? Barbecue goat? Is it a rub or a sauce? So the yeah, barbecue goat I've had has always been done with a sauce. With a sauce. There you go. Either that, or you do it plain with nothing on it, and it's closer to smoked goat. Smoked, smoked uh, goat. Uh, where did you get that? In Mexico? Uh, no, in Kansas. Kansas. Uh, yes. Goat in Kansas. There you go. <laughs> we we have right. a lot of goats in Kansas, surprisingly. Surprisingly. 
All right, guys, thanks for being on the show. That's it for the, uh, the barbecue report, and we will be here again next week. Until then, have a great week. Hitting, hitting the big red thanks. stop button now. <laughs>